of George Knapp listening to that UFO podcast and having one hell of a good time. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. Little bit of a mini breakdown into a bit of an Ask Us Anything, as Dan has just found out. Introducing Dan for this one, welcome back. Hello, hello. Uh, obviously, surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, disappointing surprise really, isn't it, Dan? Going, yeah, you've just said my name. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be a mini breakdown because we're going to quickly touch on kind of the hearings are coming up on 26th of July. We discussed that last week on the breakdown and I think it's just a, a nice chance to chat, even if briefly, for some of the buzz, what might or might not be happening Things have moved on a little bit in the last week. And then into the, the AMA, which will cover off a lot of our thoughts, including some of the questions around the hearings and stuff anyway, Dan, to be honest. Sure. Um, huge response to the first show. Thank you very much to anyone who listened to me talking to myself for an hour, answering your questions. Um, this will be out after my interview with Tim Burchett. Um, so hopefully you've checked that one out. I'm sure you will have. It'll only have been a proper short, maybe 25, 30 minute interview. Um, busy guy, not a lot of time. So I appreciate that. I say that hoping it doesn't cancel in the next two hours, Dan, and then I'll look a right mug. I mean, if the hearings aren't, you know, kind of nice and glossy with icing on top, we know that it's because he didn't use that half hour that he was talking to you to... to Absolutely, it will be my fault, 100%. (laughs) Um, So in advance of that, Dan, before we get to listener questions that will make up the bulk of this show, um, from Patreon and email and a few more still from YouTube, God, there was a lot, uh, we are... As we record this, one week away from the hearings, in a week's time we'll have had them. Um, where are you at right now with everything, uh, uh, given it's been another few days since we spoke about it and what you're expecting? Well, we've had one of the one of the officials kind of posting pictures of some slides that they're going to be using at the hearings. You know, the rumors are flying thick and fast as to who's going to be included as a witness. And ultimately, I mean, I said this to you before we started, ultimately, I'm wondering, like, what is their goal with this hearing? Mm-hmm. Like, is, is it, is they think they're going to blow the whole cover up wide open, that by the end of the hearing, we'll be shown pictures of craft that were classified previously? Or is it just uh, present someone like Grush's story to a wider audience yeah. to the public in the setting of the house? I, I think it that that would be my main question. And I'm I'm excited to watch because... Whichever one it is, it's going to obviously move the ball down the field a little bit. You know, that snowball gets bigger as it rolls. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it'll light a fire under people's butts to, to get in touch with their senators to say, okay, cool, the House hearings were great. Let's have senator se- Senate hearings now. Um, and then if we get the Senate hearings, they get to push the executive because, you know, that's a Democratic held House and the Democrats hold the White House at the moment. So it, it's going to be interesting seeing the fallout after it, but mm-hmm. also, you know, what exactly the goal is here. Yeah, like you, I think the best we can hope for is a little bit of progress down the line. And I've had people get in touch with me, especially the last week. So thanks to everyone. I tried to respond to loads of people today, especially on email while I was in work, um, who I hadn't got back to over the last few weeks. People saying about, you know, this is it. This could be capital D disclosure. Um, uh, My family's not really interested in what's going on. My friends aren't too fast and this is going to be huge. And I'm I'm thinking it, it could be big. But I don't think this is going to be blow the lid off of things. This It felt like last time we've had a few kind of turns of the ignition. God, analogy already, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm not about this Three even minutes now. in. I know, it's just like, ugh, it's natural now. <laughs> um, we've had a few turns of the ignition key and the engine's almost started. And it's like, is this going to turn over this time? And um, One for the mechanics and the petrol heads out there. So potentially, but I still don't think it, as good as this potentially could be, it's going to be that wow moment people are expecting okay now we've got the proof where i think this is going to hopefully set up more down the line more regular open hearings i think dan we talked what a couple of years ago now when the the task force reports first came out and what those could be and that's been a bit of a damp scrib hasn't it that ever since that first one we might as well never had any um for for what we've kind of have come out of it yeah, you, we, we always get the phrase nothing burger thrown around, right? And they, they're good for analysis and to see other reporting matches working, other things working. But ultimately, you know, this year's one felt like a do-over of the first one that we had because Arrow was starting over. So, yeah, I'm, I, I totally hear what you're saying, and I'm eager for them to get going with it and, you know, be, be all they can be with this. Yeah, I, I play FIFA quite a lot, and I get one of the big arguments about FIFA and people say about Call of Duty and any kind of game like series like that is it's the same game every year with slightly updated names and strips, but <laughs> the actual content's the same. 
And then I can see why people said that about the reports and whatnot, because, yeah, sometimes the names change and sometimes, you know, the aesthetics change, but largely we're getting the same kind of material. And it feels though that we're ready for something maybe a little bit more to kind of push that down the line. So um, fingers crossed. Um, But like I say, Dan, there's a few questions within here um, based around that kind of stuff. We are going to share our thoughts, opinions on a whole load of topics. So thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Um, We'll kick off with one from Newman, Dan. Um, Newman asks, uh, and I've not made any notes on my answers for these yet, and most of them I've not even proofread. Yeah, and these um, are new to me as well. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I never let Dan know at all what they were. So, first one, what is a UAP-related rabbit hole we haven't looked deep enough into yet? So, anything for you, Dan, that you go, ah, yeah, it gets touched on, but maybe you'd like to go down that conversation, but haven't? It's it. I mean, I'm I'm into the woo stuff, so I'm kind of always digging into all sorts of areas. But the one on my mind right now um, is the Homo Naledi documentary came out um, on Netflix. I highly recommend people go watch it, and it, it just kind of it's all about uh, another human ancestor that, or another species that is very similar to you humans um, being around about three hundred thousand years ago, and shattering our paradigms of things like. We, we think our brains, the size of them, makes us special, and therefore it led to ritualistic burials and fire and communication. When this species proves that they were using their much, much smaller brain, about the size of an orange, for things that were as advanced as, as us, but about 300,000 years before we were doing it. So it kind of, there are some implications there that, you know, maybe we weren't alone when we were developing, you know, we were never alone, we just kind of destroyed the other species uh it, it's interesting to talk about and that kind of ancient civilization side of things there's just like with ufo there's a lot of baggage with it when it comes along right with you know the whole ancient alien theorists and things like that and i think there's a, a really interesting subtler conversation to be had around these points and and what our past looks like i think for all the answers i could give and i've mentioned this being a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine as such was the remote viewing side of things still sure i'd I'd love to see down the line people have talked a lot about like abductions and and that sort of thing being something that needs to be brought up eventually and i'm sure it will be given the way the conversation would have to progress but not yet and i think one of those other things for me would be something like remote viewing and you know people talk about uap ufo relations to consciousness and everyone being connected and you know all one kind of mind and and some kind of force that's out there almost for lack of a better phrase i like that basically and, yeah <laughs> yeah could, could you imagine one of these hearings down the line them bringing out like the old like stargate documents and you know the stuff around like the men who stared at goats was was based on and all those guys and yeah russell targ being pulled out at, a, at one of these hearings and that kind of stuff being that would be and that's pretty woo that kind of stuff being talked about in that kind of setting i think would be a little bit mind-blowing but that seems like a million years away at the minute yeah, you're right. That would be really cool because that's essentially non-local consciousness, right? Like we're getting into a lot of weird science with that subject. So yeah, I agree. And and having been through the course with Simeon Hine, again, you know, go take his course. It's really good. Um, and kind of shown the protocols and things like that. There's There are a lot of misconceptions around remote viewing. I, I keep seeing people put picture in an envelope and just standing passers-by to guess what's in it. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. There are so protocols, thinking of, there are things you thinking of Ghostbusters with the, the card scene where, you know, it's a sure. star, it's a square. And I can just imagine the, the mess they made of VLC Media Player, how badly a, a session <laughs> like that could go. Uh, so, yeah. But no, good question, Newman. Thanks for kicking that off. We'll try not to spend too long on each question, uh, depending on what it is, and, and get through as many as we can. Uh, next up from Brian. He says, hi, guys, be interested in your opinion on this. David Grush confirmed that agreements have been made between governments and non-human intelligences. I was thinking that indicates that the non-human intelligences are able to think and communicate in the same frame of reference as humans. Agreements with governments are a very human thing. Good point. I think this means that the NHIs we are dealing with may not be that different from us. Indeed, we may be descended or related in some way. Um... I mean, that's that's a highly relevant question to what I was just talking about, right? With the Potentially. Ancient and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could be a link that's, there. that's the idea, Dan, and we never kind of touched on that, but that one of these previous civilizations evolved past the technological point that we're at now. Um, yeah, exactly. And you know. could could be it. But even, even aside from that, that just opens up that whole conversation of does any other alien slash non-human intelligence 
would they even be able to comprehend? And not because they're not clever enough, but almost way beyond, you know, agreements with a government. Why would they land down and say, oh, that guy in that big house must be in charge? They may have no concept of that, where they are from. That might not even be something, yeah. you know, they could comprehend as to why that would be important. So I, I get that, yeah. Um, yeah, that, I, I that's think an that interesting maybe, one. Do you think that puts off a lot of people who aren't necessarily into the UFO topic? Because thinking of presidents meeting up with aliens at secret air force bases is just too too out there a concept yeah it's it's like that galactic federation stuff right mm. like okay there might be something akin to the galactic federation but to call it that and the picture we get in our heads when we say that of big yeah. government um that's probably not what it is that's a really human concept and yeah, absolutely correct. You know, an agreement like that is a human concept. We, we see in nature, animals will work together all the time, but yeah. we don't see any paperwork that's signed, right? And stuff like that. Um, it makes me think of the, you know, us looking at like dogs or whales and trying to code, to code their language. We're super advanced and we can't understand them. Like, are we stupid because of that? Or are they stupid because of that? It, it's, yeah. uh, it's a really interesting conversation point that, that I think will become more important going forward. When I interviewed Michelle Fournay, who decodes whale song, um, Lou Elizondo submitted a question that was um, basically, how would she approach decoding the language of a nonverbal species? And I think that's a really provocative question to think about, given who it's coming from. Um, you know, if, if the aliens or ET or, you know, the non-human intelligence uh, if if they don't speak English, if they don't make sound and communicate that way, where do we even begin? You know, is it yeah. is it light and vibration? Is that what we go for? And it kind of just starts linking in with a lot of stuff that's you know part of the part of the law. I think sometimes the uh, what shall I say the franchising of names like Galactic Federation again can be incredibly off putting, um, but is what it is you're putting a label on it for now for something that we have no idea if that even exists but yeah cool good point thanks brian uh, benny had a couple of questions dan so we'll try and smash through some of these really quickly sure. first one was what's too woo for you i'll start because I, i've often said that the orb stuff while i do believe there's something to it can be way past me sometimes because there are so many videos i see especially on facebook is one of the worst places for it of what are clearly bugs flying past people's ring doorbells or dust particles or flies in the air and they're claiming they're alien entities and beings and it's just it's not i'm really sorry but it's not um that that stuff for me just that can really put me off any kind of orb type sighting but the the metal stuff the metal spheres or whatever they may be are pretty interesting that that ross coulter and jeremy corbell and co have talked about that we've got actual footage of um, from a military point of view. Um, so yeah, what about you, Dan? Two woo? Two woo for me, uh, star seeds. Mm. I, I would say, like, I see people out there, you know, on social media and stuff saying, I'm a star seed and I was placed here from, you know, Zeus Reticuli and I'm, I'm here to spread the, the love and the word of my species. And I struggle with that because it's just, it, it's so... Just the people that are like that, they're so immersed in it that, that yeah. it kind of puts me off. But then... You know, I like to challenge myself as well and thinking of panspermia and how life would be seeded here and whether that could technically be called a hybrid and therefore we are all star seeds. And, you know, I think I'd it, be tempted to say I'm a Pisces to that in response. <laughs> um, I always am. It sounds like that kind of astrology, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. That That's the kind of area it occupies. <laughs> and hi to all the star seeds. But again, I do get regular, um, regular, semi regular communications from people um, via mail and DMs and whatnot that they are in touch with all kind of beings from different systems and that's that's great fantastic i'm just not the guy to go to for that and that's sure. not that you know i don't wish you well with your quest and getting your information out but i'm just not the guy to come to with your being in contact with with other beings and other entities other people will certainly take you up on that and i can certainly pass that on and those informations on to you if you wanted but definitely not my bag um Interesting question. We'll keep this one really short, Dan. What's driving sure. the increasing division within ufology? For me, I don't think it's increasing. I just think there's more people involved and social media has a hell of a part to play in that. 
yeah, I, I would agree with that. Social That's media that. pushes people to the extremes. You know, we we only have 140 characters or 240 or whatever it is to kind of explain ourselves. And nine times out of 10, when you speak to people you disagree with in person, their point is much more subtle and they're much kinder and less blunt about what they have to say. So that, yeah. that's it for me. It's not the character limit. It's the, the face-to-face. Like I've sure. said, for the people that have slung mud at me or you or anyone else, that's fantastic. Well done. Um, I'm sure you're happy in your life. But I reckon if you could meet these people face to face, they they wouldn't be like that. The amount of conversations no. where people would be like, oh, do you know what? And that's not just us, just in general, people who don't like each other and don't get on the same names who are always arguing back and forward on, yep. on Twitter and whatnot, which is really immature. They probably, some of them would surprisingly get on in real life, I imagine, or at yeah. least be a lot more cordial to each other. Like, yeah. If, if I work, imagine if I worked with everyone I work with, had never met them face to face, but we communicated only on Microsoft Teams. You could imagine you would have that main Teams page, all the sub Teams pages, and then your own <laughs> little private chats and stuff. And that's just what happens anyway when you know people face to face. We've got group chats we're in, but we're also we also have our own where we talk regular. Like so, it, that's just life, and I think that's what's missing massively. As it's a worldwide subject, but everyone's so all over the place with it that you don't get to see these people face to face so yeah, yeah absolutely agree and and we kind of get that phrase thrown around like you know debunker is one extreme a believer is the other extreme and we have kind of this whole spectrum in the middle yeah and yeah no, no one in this community believes the same stuff right so you have to just get to know the people and talk to them properly so and and i realize i'm a bit of a hypocrite for saying that because you know of how i think of mick west and folk like that but uh you know it's a work in progress <laughs> interesting next question again from benny what is the minimum standard for disclosure in brackets alien in a wheelbarrow on the white house lawn being the gold standard i love how benny's went straight for they're dead by being in a wheelbarrow which i'm guessing Weekend um, of Bernie's right there. That's a yeah. sequel. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. It did make me think what my minimum would be for me to say I'm comfortable that we now have capital D disclosure would be a foreign government presenting either an image or video of some kind of craft either in space or in the atmosphere to say we believe this isn't of human origin. That would be enough for me to go, okay, it's been confirmed. That kind of typical... You know, at the beginning of like Independence Day, where they're in the Oval Office and they show sure. you the, the satellite imagery of the big disks coming along. Uh-huh. That kind of, okay, we've got some things that we've you know, managed to capture on film or whatever, and we don't think they're human. That for me would be the, there's no going back from that, because I don't think the follow-up press conference is, sorry folks, our mistake, it was weather balloons, <laughs> you know, or it was it was whatever it might have been. It was a hobby, car, hobby craft group, and um, we shot down one of their prized assets. <laughs> um, what about you? What's the minimum standard? Oh, that's a really good question. Project Unity actually asked a similar question on Twitter the other day, and, and I replied, and I kind of said it. It's it's hard to think of any one thing that's going to do it. Like I, I would almost want the world to stop and have this kind of, you know, uh, all the leaders address the people in the different countries. They be in a scientific team to present the data and say. This is what, you know, essentially to use your example, like we've seen this in space. This is the analysis that we've done. Here's the raw data. We have 10 teams that have looked at it and all come to this conclusion. All the presidents of all the countries that are announcing the winner alone. Like it's a fairly high bar, I know, but uh, we're in the age of deep fake. So, no, no, that's, you know, that's I true. always, I always like narrow my eyes like that fry gif, you know. Um, welcome back Futurama in a few days, by the way. Oh, is that a few days time? Yeah, it's, I think it was like a week yesterday. Oh, nice. Very much looking forward to that. <laughs> um, Leslie Keane, still from Benny. Um, I've skipped over one because we've kind of answered it, Benny. Uh, the next one, Leslie Keane seemed uncomfortable when talking about alien bodies in her interview uh, about David Grush. Why do you think that was? For me, I think Leslie's one of those folks who needs to see the evidence either herself or enough of it that she can go on and talk about it. Um, and I think given that Leslie writes for the new york times and other kind of high-end publications still that's probably something that would raise eyebrows in the wrong way for her and her career to write about at this minute that that's just my opinion um what about you dan on that one i'd I'd say the same you know she she likes to keep the kind of different subjects in different areas so leslie's show on surviving death was really interesting but she didn't Mm. mix that in with the atip stuff for example it's a very different body of evidence for those two things so yeah, I would say that she just she understands the weight 
of bringing a point like that into the conversation and she wasn't convinced by what she'd been shown or what she'd heard that it was enough for her to mention it. So we'll move on to Shardul and Shardul sent in a couple of questions. Um, Question one, now that we have an idea that it's not just the US, but a Five Eyes foreign materials program, how do you tackle disclosure in the UK? And how could we as a collective facilitate disclosure in the UK? Good question. Uh, we don't really get a say in the UK, right? Like we, we get to write to our politicians, but we don't even have a FOIA program like they have in America where they say, you know, we're going to be honest and we're going to give you everything that we have. The UK can literally just withhold whatever they want. Um, the last time there was a, a leak that was something revelatory, not to do with UFOs, but to do with uh, the Snowden kind of leak and mm-hmm. the documents that came out of that, the journalists that had the hard drives flew back into the UK, explained to the customs agents, all of this information is stored online, so these aren't the only copies, and the agents still destroyed those hard drives with hammers. Um, we, we don't really have freedom of speech here in the same way as people do everywhere else. Uh I would say just keep writing to your local politicians, uh, keep bringing it up even, you know, if they treat you with an eye roll, try and present it in a really mature way, uh, be concise, um, and and hope that the almost constant scandal nature of the politics in the UK eventually gets overwritten by this stuff. Just to, to still stick on that idea of disclosure in the UK, this is one of the issues I have with what's a very small number of people on social media who are involved or fans or whatever you want to call it, or influencers, writers, bloggers, podders, YouTubers on the UFO topic, thinking that we're about to have in the next week this huge disclosure moment. Like, this this reverberates nowhere near around the mainstream media and the rest of the world the way it does in the US. And even then, it's still reserved for, right now, News Nation, for all they're doing a good job covering it, that's not a huge channel and they're using this to try and grow. I don't think they're going to pin their flag to the mask, the mast on this one. Um, and for me, that's one of those things. If I really take a step back and just look at where we are, that kind of bigger picture, I can't see in the coming weeks, the UK suddenly taking a huge interest in this topic without that sort of huge revelatory moment from a US government with, with some real evidence. I think anyone coming forward even if someone stood up from a Lockheed Martin at this heat, and I don't think we will have that, but next week, and they said, yeah, I worked on a program where we looked at um, recovered materials, some of which are claimed to be potentially of non-human origin. I don't think that would really touch the sides in the UK. I think that would still be a side story on, on any kind of news platform, and some of the bigger ones potentially still avoiding it or using it as a, and finally in the news. Do you agree with that, Dan, or... Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. It, it's just going to be hard to get us, our, our politicians to open up on this. You, you know, we had the, I want to say the Condine report. I always mix it up with the Condon report. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure Condine. Um, but yeah, we, we had that. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's redacted. It, it felt like from what's there and available to read that we were a little bit further than where the US is now. Um, you know, there were some answers proposed that were, again, all redacted. We don't get to read them. Um, but this was back, you know, early 2000s so you got to wonder where we are now with it if someone in the government isn't keeping an eye on this i'd be very surprised um at least in the mod but whether they're gonna talk to us about it or not i don't i don't think so it'll all be back channel stuff you know yeah and why else we're not going to get that kind of huge leap forward as the some of the public appetite and as you've been talking down out of my left ear which is not covered by the headphones <laughs> some of the locals that live nearby me and the wonderfully cultured area i live in have been swearing like a trooper outside of the shed as they walk past so hopefully i don't think the microphone did pick it up but i haven't heard anything for words and no (laughs) one would have understood a word they said given their geordies and they were rough so yeah that was a i don't think you will have picked it up folks but yeah as dan was talking i had the the culture of the northeast in my other ear um it's a very thin shed uh question two if every ha- if everything happening right now pans out the implications are that there is another and potentially multiple other non-human civilizations visiting us I had one just walked past what would be your first question to them dan so we find out there's a non-human intelligence um they've picked Dan on the lucky dip to come on down and you're standing there. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I'm going to go with the uh, district nine. You're in Johannesburg, South Africa or Cape okay. town and the aliens have picked there. The ramp comes down, they walk out little bow. You get the first question. 
who let the dogs out? No, I'm not, I'm not gonna. Someone goes, uh, your mic's on. <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, I I would want to know what their perspective on the universe and their history was. It would be really interesting to see how we were discovered by them. Um, and I, of course, I'd want to know what human history looked like to them. You know, because their idea of us might go back further. But I don't want the question, first question to be about us. So I kind of want to see how they see the universe. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the obvious one everyone would ask is, you know, where are you from? Um, I think if I had to skip past that one, keeping it basic, it would still be, are there other civilizations similar to you that aren't human, you know, out there? Just to find out, is it just you? Are you Have you just found us and that's it? Or are there more? And then I think that just opens up. Because imagine they said, you have been everywhere and no, there's not. You'd be like, ah, oh, yeah. fair enough. It's just us then. Things all of a sudden get very big and very small again. But, I, I'd probably start yelling at them if they said that. I, I'd be like, that's what we thought. And now we're here. You know, all the different parts of human history, we thought we were alone and we were never were. So can uh, imagine they come down, they, the they assimilate for a little while. We start to get on with each other. You know, us in the greys, for example, they're in their saucers and we're starting to share technology. And one day a black triangle flies over our head and the greys just go, what the hell is that? Like, <laughs> oh, we thought that was one of yours as well. I think we've had that kind of conversation before. Yeah, and it, that's funny. very secret machines-y. Uh, I think we've spoken about that. Where the, I don't want to spoil it for you. Was it in the first book? Or um, am I so, bringing something? Um, no, non-spoilery, but where I'm I'm not too far from the end, The I see the first audiobook. Um, the the guys went up in the... the loc- is it the Locust it's called? The, Locust, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and, the Black um, Triangle, yeah. He's encountered other craft there and he's kind of had a little bit of a dog fight with one and got away um okay but another black triangle right yes i don't think they okay. quite described it but i think he said like something similar i don't think sure. they said exactly what it was just yet but you, you you totally get the idea of what's going on um so yeah uh, oh, well, I, i'll stop that line because i don't want to spoil book two okay that, no, that's fine. Right. I'm going to be on that one soon. Uh, I've got the audiobooks, folks. So, um, question three: We're at a turning point in ufology where we can expect a lot more people who previously dismissed the topic to be open to it. Wishful thinking. Um, what advice would you give to navigate this topic, and what pitfalls should people avoid? So, um, I would, I would go, Dan. If you want to give us one thing people should, you know, do to navigate the UFO topic, who are new to it, uh, and one thing they should avoid doing. So I would say avoid. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go best foot first. Mm-hmm. People look for clarity and seriousness when you're talking about this subject. So for me, the the first thing I show anyone is that clip of Obama talking about, uh, you know, that there are craft in the sky that we don't know the movements or the patterns on. We don't know how they do it. Yeah. That's a really hard statement for people, and it, it almost you see the eyes glaze straight after that. You know, they almost need a week to process that. Yeah. So I would say start start with something hard hitting like that from an official that people know and respect, um, and and just keep it brief. Um, the the thing I'd say to stay away from are things like unless you're asked about it in the conversation are things like personal experiences because everyone just assumes that people are just nuts. Um, they're not. You know, we all have our experiences, but I, I seldom bring mine up when I'm talking to people about UFO stuff, because who am I? You know, what evidence do I have to kind of show this compared to someone like Obama saying, yeah, we, we got video of them and it's been a repeated thing. That's that's a hundred times better than me just saying, oh, I saw these lights in the sky. People just kind of edge away from me when I go down that <laughs> road, you know? Yeah. And that, that pitfalls one, to be fair, like if you put 100 people in a room and one of them had a UFO experience of some kind and shared it with the room, they are the crazy person because they're the only one that's had that experience. But if you put 100 people in a room and it's 99 experiencers and one person who has no interest in the UFO topic, it's like, who's the who's the crazier one in there? Because, yeah. you know, you're denying all of that. So, yeah, it can go either way. And I get that's one of the frustrations. Um, advice for me, I'd probably turn people on to either like James Fox phenomenon. Watch this as a very quick catch-up of where we're at. Leslie Kane documentary, Ross Coulthard documentary. One of those for a modern, serious take on. Here's where we're at. Now you're caught up. Don't worry too much about all the stuff that happened before. Now we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, pitfalls people should avoid. Um, so I suppose this is about the quirky one, but as and when you get the White House lawn landing tomorrow, I would say the plethora of celebrities who all of a sudden start to talk about UFOs. I can only imagine the the Love Island crew, the Geordie Shore crew, 
the Jersey Shore crew, the Real Housewives of Cheshire, Real Housewives of Orange County, every, uh, you know, Loose Women. Um, I don't know what the, the version again is called in the US. They've got their Loose Women type show. No, Panela, female presenters all. Is it The the View? The View, I think the it's view? called. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it might be The View. Um, or if you're a fan of the band from Dundee, The View. <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, a couple of listeners appreciated that. But yeah, shows like that, all of a sudden, talking about something they know nothing about would be stay away from that, stick to the good stuff, the, the tried and tested, experienced folks. Um, and do you know what? I am, see on the day that happens, I think I'd love to see what like a Dr. Stephen Greer comes out and says. Um, j- just morbid curiosity. That'd be, yeah. Not yeah. that it's going to be he was wrong because imagine they came down and went, right, okay, first off, can we have a big hand for Dr. Stephen Greer? <laughs> so many of us would be like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be straight on to straight on to him going, I always believed you, Stephen. I've downloaded your app. Um, so yeah. But no, thank you, Shardul. That was it. That was some really good questions. I appreciate those. Got us thinking. Um the next one's a question we've been asked a few times, but it's always a nice one to come back to, Dan, to summarize. Uh, from Amanda Biggs. I think I covered this in the first one, so I'll just let you okay. um take the lead on this one and then I'll very quickly touch on it. Based on all of your UFO experiences, education, exposure, and exposure through reading and interviews to date, what do you think UFOs are? Where do you think they originate from and what do you think their purpose is? So where are they from? What are they and why? Good questions. Um, so first of all, I'm just going to throw out the I don't know. Like this is literally speculation just based on, you know, what I've done. Um, I would say we're looking at a multitude of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of what we see might be natural phenomena. And when I say that, I mean natural phenomena we don't understand, like earth lights and things like that, that seem to have a consciousness aspect, but they move through materials and move through the visible spectrum to infrared and, you know, disappear from our vision. Um, they, they seem wondrous, but it seems like that's one thing. And then we also have the, the visiting craft, the beings that come and take people, uh, the, the consciousness aspect. So I think we're looking at a whole load of different phenomena that is ET, but is also natural and everything in between. Um, where they're from, uh, I would say from out there and from here and probably from, how do they phrase it in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Um, just a little bit to the left. That's that's how they kind of talk about multiverse stuff. Uh, it's here, but it's a little bit, you know, to the I left. was like Doctor Who, you know, the beings that you could only see out the corner of your eye. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you you couldn't look directly at them. So mm. any anyone that's kind of see shadow people and stuff, that could be what they're seeing, you know. Um, so what was it? Where do I think they're from? What do I think they are? And why? What's their purpose? Why? Um, I mean, that's a good question. We we don't even have a purpose for us. You know, our, our, each of us vary on what we think life is for. Um, Speak for yourself. I have to feed yeah. my kids several <laughs> times a day and they are hungry and expensive. But that's what I mean, right? Your, your idea of what life is, is very different to my idea. And that's within one species and two, you know, we're fairly similar specimens of the, the same species. And we have both, both handsome varying. specimens, <laughs> male specimens. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Go on. Um, so, yeah, the, the why of it. Again, I would expect a multitude of different things, probably a, a tourist point. You know, if we found another planet and space flight was easy, we could just go see them. And even if, even if it wasn't easy, people would go see them. We saw the sub go down to the Titanic a few weeks back, and that seemed strenuous. Um, people go to Everest all the time, and that seems strenuous. So I, I think there could be an aspect of tourism there. There's going to be an aspect of resources as well. Um, so yeah, curiosity and resources. And and also, we could just be on an intergalactic shipping lane, right? Who, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it very quickly then. UFOs, um, all of the above, and a little something else. So some are aliens, some are something like alien, and some might just be drones, like kind of robotic drones that aren't human. Um, Where do they originate from? Probably everywhere. Like you say, deep space, locally, this planet, and this planet, but not this reality. That is, I think, always always a popular one these days. What do you think their purpose is? All kinds of stuff. I've always used that that gaming analogy of, you know, someone's interested in us someone's not interested someone wants to cause a little bit of chaos others are just watching from afar some are just studying who knows but nothing we don't do as a species as well probably it's common throughout the universe and multiverse uh, as it is so yeah awesome um 
Question from Metal Matt. So thanks for that one, Amanda. Metal Matt says, um, what do you know about David? what David Grush was hinting at when he talked about the Italian down saucer from the 1930s? Is there a book or any information on this case? I think it was kind of all touched on at the time, wasn't it? And Graham Rendell joined me to, to look over that one quickly, didn't he, Dan, a, a while back? Yeah, that's right. Graham did a really good job looking into that case. And, you know, it's come out that there are some less than savory ufologists attached to those documents and, and where they come from. I'm really curious as to whether Grush has seen something else that we're not privy to, you know, when, when he's talking about this being almost a factual thing that happened. Um, I wonder if the evidence that he's given to the IG isn't more sensitive and sourced from the US as opposed to something that was given to someone else by a ufologist mm-hmm. from Italy who was known for fabricating things, you know. Um, so I would hold my tongue on saying whether it's it's true or not, but just that this seems to be some really curious curious things around that that case. Do you think, that that's a good point, Nan, do you think sometimes, especially for David Grush, who... As he said, he's never seen the pictures or the bodies or the videos. He was privy to documentation and a lot of documentation, given his clearance and his job role previously, that people can assume that everything that's passed through government hands in terms of documentation is it's a report and it means it's true and it's right. There can be plenty of documents passed through that are we've had a report of and it's worth reading, but we don't know. And as you say, it's likely something that's potentially been debunked or has been proven to be a hoax or something that's just not known, but likely not anything alien or, you know, exotic. But it still has passed through some kind of, you know, we've heard of this, but with, you know, credibility wise on a scale of zero to a hundred, it's, it's low, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that can pass through the eyes of a David Grush. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, take, for example, the Wilson dogs, right? We know they were admitted to the congressional record, so they stand in an official archive now. In 100 years, is someone going to come back to them and just think that that was, you know, 100% factual, even if, you know, assume nothing else is found out about them? Would they look at that and kind of go, oh, well, it's here, therefore it must be real? Um, not necessarily. Like you say, evidence is gathered and it's submitted for, for analysis. Though The one that comes to mind is that Adam and Eve book mm-hmm. um, by something Chan, I think it was. Um, all about like this alternate take on the origins of humanity and what happened in the past. And it has, you know, cycles of disaster and things like that, which line up with some other people's theories. But as a result, it kind of gets raised up as this, oh, well, this proves it's all true then. Not necessarily. That was put there by an agent who came across it and thought, this is interesting. Let's put it into the pile of of stuff that we have to look at. Um, without seeing their analysis, there's no way to to know whether that was real or not, you know? Just because yeah. we chuck Harry Potter in the CIA reading room, oh, it doesn't make it through. Just <laughs> about to say the same thing. I was going to go with someone who submitted the Prisoner of Azkaban to, to the hearings, you know. That's yeah, it. exactly. No, that and exactly that. That's very fair. Um, so thanks for that question. Uh, Lucamus asks, and a little bit of context. It appears the US and by extension the other Five Eyes nations are on a course to disclose some information about crash retrieval and foreign material exploitation programs. We hope working under the assumption that other superpowers have their own versions of the same and that there really has been a technological cold war that was previously out of public sight but would become partly exposed. Question one, do you think this would help ease tensions between the superpowers or would it create deeper division and distrust? I would say probably, so there's two sides of me in this, the one side of me that's optimistic and thinks people can be kind and great thinks that it would help ease tensions and we would all come together against this great threat and be one and united. Um, the more realist side of me thinks, hell no, that's not going to ease tensions. That's going to make everyone really paranoid. Who's working with who? Which species are working with which species? How far have they gotten in their technological you know, reverse engineering? Um, I, I don't think it would help ease tensions at all. And that, that it makes me a little sad, but it's a reflection of who runs government, right? Like it doesn't necessarily reflect how you or I would want the world and, to be. And run. just and just people as a, humans as a species, because good people do bad things and bad people do good things. Yeah. Like, have you seen? And this is a little bit of a. Have you seen the movie Crash? You yes. will have. Yeah, great movie for anyone who's never seen it. Go watch it. And unfo- it's not about UFOs, even though it says Crash. It's a bit <laughs> like like love actually but really serious where lots of different stories come together to tell you that's an amazing way to describe crash i'm using it isn't it it? like you can't say it's not um but you know is it ethan ethan hawk ethan hunt ethan hunt yeah i think um no no god sorry it's matt dylan 
God, that was totally wrong. Um, Matt Dillon plays the cop who like basically sexually assaults Stanley Newton. And sure. it's horrible, a really awkward scene. But later in, so you think he's a bad guy throughout the whole movie. Like you think you're a really horrible person. You've done something really horrible to somebody who is vulnerable. But then later in the film, he, like, no, I won't go into detail to spoil it, but he saves her life. And there's a moment where they kind of, they look at each other and she's like, you've done something really horrible to me, but you've now just saved my life. And it's that whole, he done something, you can do something bad, but be a nice person, but also be a nice person and do something bad and everything in between. So, so yeah, that's not to say that in this whole UFO topic, good people haven't had to do bad things that are, you may look at as being a bad thing, doesn't make them a bad person and, and vice versa. I hope that made sense. Um, yeah. So, so I think in terms of ease and tensions for me between the superpowers, I don't think so. I don't think it would make a difference if they managed to come into God, if a load of alien species landed and, and you know, started sharing technology, there would be what we see on the surface and what we see in the background. That would still go on exactly the same. And I think I mentioned this last week to you, Dan, as well, about um, that I, something that, and this might be related to one of the questions before or after, I get a little frustrated with the, the concept that once we have this wonderful technology, and I actually had to delete some tweets the other day because I knew it would have started a big debate and potential <laughs> argument with some people. Not in a bad way, but I couldn't be bothered with it. I, I'm too busy in these the last next few weeks with work to, to spend too much time on socials. But the idea that we get this exotic technology that overnight we have no more fossil fuels, no more buses, cars, planes, trains. Um, all the medicine is suddenly free and yet yeah, automobiles. Everything's <laughs> cured. That doesn't happen overnight at all. Everything will still be monetized and distributed and franchised. And you will just have, I mean, look at the Jetsons. There were crap flying saucers commercially used and really good Tesla model versions. That's all that would happen. So the idea that overnight everything's binned and, you know, that's it, the planet's saved just isn't true. I, I don't see how, if you really think logically or critically about it, how any of that even makes sense. Unless someone literally shoots a ray gun that changes the planet overnight. Can't see it. Thanos snap style. That's it. That would be the only thing. <laughs> and um, even that snap was against people's will, right? <laughs> so does not that Thanos's, change anything? <laughs> not Thanos's. Um, sometimes you think he was right. Um, but yeah, so um, question two, Dan. Do you think that domestic reaction would tend toward keeping foreign or retrieved materials within the control of the defense forces for the benefit of national defenses? Or would society be more likely to want the material moved into the hands of academia and scientific organisations that could provide a wide range of public benefits? I suppose I've kind of covered my point on that there, but if you want yeah. to come in. I mean, I'd say probably both. Any critical kind of thing that could be used for, for weaponry in the name of defence, uh, which we all know is a, is a synonym for uh, offence these days, <clears throat> but anything that can be used for defense would be kept hush hush but i have absolutely no doubt that there would be a and this is the other side of things you know the governments wouldn't be they wouldn't work together any better than they do now but science you know when you when you look at the black hole like the gravity wave announcements that happened a few weeks back that was a worldwide announcement with so many different people from so many different countries working on it um so science is very you know world mind world collaboratively minded uh whereas governments aren't and i i think the public organizations they would start kind of eking out bits of technology that could be useful but again it wouldn't you're right it wouldn't be free we'd still be you know paying apple for our phone that we wouldn't need a battery for for two thousand yeah. years or something you know <laughs> exactly no yeah spot on totally good questions thank you for that one next up question from gary gary i used to work with dan uh oh, cool. Blink 22 fan. Hey, gary. hi nice. gary <laughs> um gary's a big tall hunky fireman by the way um oh, is he? out there but he's taken so hands off is he on um, calendars? <laughs> um uh, some kind of calendars i'm sure yeah <laughs> you'll appreciate that gary asks from your first podcast to now what do you think the positive positive moves forward have been i don't mean your shed upgrade or michael beale that's the rangers manager folks <laughs> and what do you think the negatives are um so dan positive moves forward in the last kind of three years in the ufo topic so I, I would have to highlight the legislation there and everything that comes with it. Like that's to do with activism, it's to do with politicians being switched on to this subject, it's to do with people taking the subject seriously enough to actually do the work and ask the questions. And the legislation is a result of all that. And 
that just seems to be getting more specific and stronger the further we go. Like this year's is really, you, you know, if the first one had been like this, we'd be a lot further, put it that way. Um, so yeah, I, I would say the legislation is is the best thing to come from this. Um, the lesser things to come from this would be... One, one lesser thing. Just one thing. I, I would say the infighting. And I don't just mean the communities, I mean between factions like Stephen Greer and mm-hmm. the group that Elizondo kind of, you know, counts amongst friends and things like that. I, I just think that kind of stuff, it, it looks ugly, it looks immature. When we're talking about embracing another species, that stuff just highlights that, you know, humans on a basic level don't really have the patience or tolerance for, for the first contact right now. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, For me, positives... Um slightly similar to what dan said for me just the the mainstream politicians who are happy to now talk about the ufo topic openly and positively and that you know you're you're hearing the terminology used by some really serious people like non-human technology recovered materials organic bodies and you you know they're talking aliens essentially that's that's huge for me and the negatives um i suppose the impact social media, for all it's helped me massively, and I enjoy it, the impact social media has in a negative way on any topic, let alone the UFO topic, where there are so many voices and opinions. And it's just social media, for all its great points, and there are, for given that the people that don't like it are on it, you know, which I always find strange. But given it does have its negatives, the negatives can be that everyone suddenly has a voice and an opinion, and you, it just largely is a, a space for arguments rather than healthy reason debate and you know um yeah, yeah. I, I can't i've said it so many times just mute and block and keep your feed to see the stuff that you want to see and i've got plenty of stuff that i don't agree with on my feed um but it's people that i would either see as reasoned or i'm happy just to read their opinion and, and move on not necessarily agreeing with it because i don't know how you learn in life from not discussing things with people that you don't agree with again i'll just mention see the ben shapiro and russell brand podcast that they've done together if people haven't watched that yet because it's two people from very different viewpoints and backgrounds and and upbringings discussing things that they don't agree that other person you know lives their lives by but they do it in an adult way like a reasoned mature way which you know we could all do with a lot more of you know just because you don't agree doesn't mean it's right and vice versa so you know live a little folks disagree with someone and still be friends afterwards (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) um question from gene do you feel that events are starting to inch forward faster or is that just an illusion yes in a word uh the the snowball is kind of gathering speed uh that that's the visual that i would use um you know pre-2017 nothing was happening now it just feels like every other week something big is happening uh so much more so than you know the first year that ufo twitter was kind of going and the community was railing on this uh yeah i, I think things are moving faster i would say yes but there is absolutely just as much chance of any progress that we are sitting in a year's time talking about the or two years time or three years time the the next iteration of arrow or whatever may come along and the new person in charge and a new type of report coming out that's going to show some things and it could and yeah so that's why i've always said anyone who's disillusioned or jaded with the topic who have been involved in it for for decades and decades and decades will say they've seen this all before you, you can understand why and you can see that frustration so yeah i think we are seeing progress gene but i think I do have the sympathies for folks who who look and say we're going to be in the same place next year, the same place the year after, and I'll still be here talking about it. So hey ho, um, or as some people call it, the grift, I believe is is how they word that in life. But yeah, there we go. So yeah, thanks, Gene. Good question. Um, similar, uh, similar theme actually from Tree of Life. Uh, from what Gary asked, have your personal views on the topic shifted from when you first started making the show? Um, for me, in three so three and a bit years, yeah, I think massively. I came into this with the idea that you know, are oh, other space spacecraft coming from other planets, and you know, there's more and more evidence that it looks like we're being visited by quote unquote aliens. And then I think, like we said earlier, Dan, more and more the idea of different realities becoming you know potentially true, and you know, 
robotic drones coming from other planets, greys being AI clones or all that kind of good stuff that we like to talk about and speculate about. Yeah, I think I'm much more open to a lot more ideas and I still make up my own mind, but I listen to as many folks' opinions as I can. Yeah, I would largely agree with that. You know, more knowledge equals better ideas and and you can refine it as you go. Like for, for me, learning to refine those ideas and, and be able to let go of the things that just don't fit into the puzzle piece anymore, that's been a really valuable skill that kind of, I would say I've developed over the course of doing the show, uh, you know, with you. Um, and it's changed some of my opinions on like some very famous cases. So originally I would have been all in on Bob Lazar. Now I'm kind of dubious about it. You know, I, I kind of know a lot more about elements, how they're found, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so my ideas have changed. Uh, so yeah, at, at the very least, the, the learning done through the show, through the interviews, through the people that I've met, through networking, um, have, have all helped me refine uh, what it is that I thought. And see, even just outside of that, just to go back on what I said before, though, social media helps with that in a way. If you, yeah. if you can take it at face value and scroll and read and go, oh, okay, totally disagree with that, but I, I like an idea or a concept and can that apply to something else? And and can I, that's how new theories come up and, you know, yeah. speculative ideas. And otherwise, it's just an echo chamber of the same people saying the same things and, and nothing improves or goes forward. And I, we've said this a long time ago, Dan, haven't we? But when this all comes out, we could all be wrong. Yeah, every single one of us. We're not all going to be right, but every one of us could be wrong, and I mean every single person. Most of us will be right. Like ninety nine percent of us will be completely wrong about this. Ninety nine percent of you will be completely wrong about this. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, exactly. This is why you should hold things lightly, so that no one gets "I told you so." You know, it's just like okay, we're in a new place. We're developing. Oh, well, there like, will be "I told you so" oh, on that will day be, from people. Yeah, yeah. I, I think people should try and bite their tongues on that front. You know. A no, a no in smirk is enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why Graham Rendell's played it perfectly. Non-committal to the very end, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah. Hates the idea of aliens. Um, <laughs> um, Tree of Life also asks, what are some of our favourite books? Or um, We've mentioned books quite a lot, I think, in the past, Dan. But what about favourite fictional UFO or alien-related movie or TV series? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I was particularly fond of, I watched a, a film called Phoenix Forgotten a few days back with Elena. Uh, and that's like a found footage film based around the the Phoenix lights. And it uses a lot of the real footage and stuff like that and plugs it mm -hmm. in. And it's, it's just really good. I don't see people really talking about it much. I've and, never and seen that or heard of it. It's, it's genuinely good. Uh, it's Jerry Bruckheimer's company. So I was going to say it's genuine. I was going to say that. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, it's it real. Is, yeah, yeah, it's all real. Um, and and honestly, for me, like as someone that's into film, I think it's one of the the stronger found footage films. Anyway, okay. it's it's the only one that you you know when you see the people filming in these situations where they're like being attacked or something, and you're like, why are they still filming? This doesn't make yeah. any sense. This film completely justifies why they were still filming, and yeah, it just it stuck with me. Uh, it really captured that kind of the bug that you get when you have an experience or get into this subject that you want to solve it. You know, so yeah, I, I would say that Phoenix Forgotten. Yeah, I was going to say, repeat the name of it, because I know podcasts well enough that people hear something and go, oh, what did he say it was? I hope he repeats <laughs> it and then forget. So yeah, Phoenix Forgotten. Is that on like YouTube or Netflix? Or um, I don't know. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely find it online. I hope yeah. I hope you like watched it via legal means, Dan, of course. Um, yeah, of course. Legally on my laptop through yeah. means I shall not describe. <laughs> Dan's not a hypocrite for supporting filmmakers, of course. Dan will have absolutely <laughs> paid for that, won't he? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I always go back to like, I love Independence Day for the whole film and the size of it, and I think it still stands up now to be a very good film. Um, but I like like bits of UFO movies uh, in terms of like how the aliens arrive, what they look like, and I think sometimes seeing them can be like spoilery or spoil sure. it a little bit. You know, it's the maybe what's not there can be more interesting. I think with any kind of film, uh, Signs I think was really close to being a great movie and just kind of just missed it a little bit at the end when you see what, the alien what was the miss for you when you see it um, like the design yeah it looked like abe from abe's odyssey a little bit. <laughs> sure i can see that um, and <laughs> but i loved i loved the build and where it was going um also actually what are the worlds with tom cruise i used to work in the cinema when that came out 
and I know when they were filming it, they made the point you were going to see an alien movie, but from the point of view of the family and the, sure. the, the family's trauma and experience. Um, and there were just some bits I was like, oh, like, you know, there's the, the point where his son goes over the hill. There's a I battle going on. That's and he's I like, I need to see it. I need to see it. Yeah. And he's like, you don't, and you never get to see it. And the son goes over and then it's like, you know he's dead because it's a huge explosion. Well, but in the he, he doesn't. Yeah, he's not dead though, right? Like that. That was my one thing from the film. Like you see the explosion, and then right at the end, he just shows up again. Oh, and does you're he? Just like what? How did he survive? I like, don't why didn't he that. just come back over the hill if he oh, was fine? Like what? I thought the whole point was he goes over and then bang, he's dead. Okay, well, but you know, like I would have loved to have seen a little bit of the battle. But I sure. get that wasn't the point. But stuff like I'm like, oh, I want to see what would it look like. And yeah, what what was that one? Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane was pretty cool as well. I, I like that idea. I watched that not too long ago, and it was like, I get, ah, yeah, it was good. It goes... Up until the end, I think, the whole bit where you're like, is it an invasion? Is it an invasion? You know, the, these two people are just in a bunker underground. Um, so, right, I, for me, if that was my movie, I never would have revealed if something was going on or not. Um, but what do you it, think it then? was cool to see the... The psychology this, of people. This could be a whole pod on its own, so we'll maybe come back to it one time because we could do this all day, couldn't we? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, District 9, I think, has a really, really good concept as well. And I know the sequel is going to get made at some point. Sure. Um, once Neil Blomkamp's Gran Turismo movie comes out and go see it, folks, just so he makes a District 9 sequel. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't get the money. Um, but I love the fact it was that whole... Everyone always says that aliens would land on the major capitals or one of the big cities. It wasn't. It was a slum in South Africa. Yeah. That they're refugees and they assimilate with the population and they have to start trading. And they've got this huge, big piece of technology that's defunct almost because it's broken down. Um, and I love that. I love the aspect of it and the story. And it's just like a guy who's like, is a is a care worker, a social worker, almost, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, for right. for the the aliens, and they're they're called prawns, and yeah, I thought that was pretty close to being maybe the the perfect UFO movie. I'd I'd still probably have to give it to Independence Day for getting the sequel. It's just, I mean, it's just a classic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, one one of the ones I'd like to just throw in here that kind of keeps that weirdness that you can't really grasp the the alien thing would be Annihilation. Um, that was Natalie Portman and basically this they call it the shimmer and it lands on earth and it's just this expanding area that seems to change life within it and it doesn't seem to be you know there's no alien you can rock up to and go hi I'm Dan and uh, you know mm -hmm. we're, we're finally meeting it just seems to be this really weird abstract thing that's doing things that no one in the film understands and that goes right until the very end of the movie like you never really get a good grasp on what the alien is um so yeah and also honorable mention to the expanse that really does uh it does well with kind of the ideas of the infighting that it would cause between humans if any alien substance was ever found yeah. so yeah awesome um i'll tell you what we'll do one more question dan and i think we'll we'll do another part for part two okay sure. that's has been going almost an hour now and people will be getting sick of it but there's lots more how, questions how far to get through through. the list are we like 50 percent? halfway yeah halfway. <laughs> um it's just such a good conversation yeah halfway. such good questions so last question um and it's probably a nice one to round up on uh Dalamar asks, what is the single most convincing, compelling UFO event to you personally and why? You can't pick Gimbal, Go Fast, or Tic Tac. So the single most convincing, so because they said to me personally, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't go for those. I would go for one of my own experiences um, where I saw the light um, basically come from the north, track above me, thought it was a satellite, and then at a certain point in the sky, it just stopped. And it stopped for like a dramatic amount of time. I counted like 30, 40 seconds. And then it started falling down to the horizon in like a, a leaf motion, uh, like a leaf on the wind. And, and I know that stars, when they're, sorry, satellites, when they're moving, can kind of give off that effect. But when I say a leaf motion, I'm not talking side to side by like a millimeter. I'm talking side to side by like five centimeters every time. Like these were dramatic sweeps. And then once it reached the horizon, it went from the southern horizon to the northern horizon in maybe like two seconds and just disappeared. That to me is my most convincing UFO event. That was a personal one. There was movement in it that just doesn't look like anything that I know that humans make. 
Um, but the sucky thing is, is that I don't really have evidence of it happening. So I, it's one of those things, like I said earlier, I don't go with that first, even though it's my most convincing, uh, just because, yeah, I don't have the evidence. It's just a story from me. But being there in that moment and experiencing that, I can still feel the chills. You know, my, the hairs are going up on my arm. Um, so, yeah, I would say that one. Awesome. Uh, I suppose if you're going personally, my own one, the logo for the pods where we saw the the object and the, the saucer or kind of, I say saucer, that's kind of shape it was on its side. Lots of lights firing around at a really weird angle in the mid-90s. No evidence. Always wish we'd walk towards it a bit, you know, further down the road. Couldn't have done any harm, I don't think. Um, you might not be here if you'd have done that, right? No, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, no pod. Even no, butterfly, no even butterfly effect stuff. Yeah, you never know. Um, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, bigger, bigger ones. That I suppose the question was probably aimed at. Like, I always say Phoenix lights, don't I? Too many people oh. saw something huge flying overhead, passing overhead. That we were so, and the, the frustration being, we were so close to mobile phones being a thing sure. and camera phones being a thing. Um, we could have got lots. I'd love to see something like that now. I imagine even now the footage would still be low quality, given it would be nighttime, you know, uh, dark, people trying to film the sky on their phones. But can you imagine hundreds of videos or something like that in the God, sky? Yeah. And we've yeah, been absolutely. almost teased it with some of that stuff recently. I know it was it was more than likely the hoax, but the, the family in, in was it LA? Um, yeah, last week right. we reported the, the alien crashing in the back garden stuff. So yeah, that, we'd be so close to something like that. And you never know, maybe that's the next logical step for that big boom that the mainstream media starts to to pick up on things again um yeah dan can you hear that um what you gonna say sorry i was just gonna say like a big event that isn't personal to me the one that kind of similar to your phoenix lights one that i'd be like yeah if that happened these days but they'd be amazing would be the battle of la uh the Mm. the famous photo exists where you can kind of see the disc in the middle that photo has been enhanced and played with and the the disc that you can see isn't the disc but I recently got to review a print of the original before the newspaper kind of messed with it um, at David Marler's archive. And you can see that like the beam stock, there's something there, the spotlight beams that the military are, you know, shining on this object that's in the sky and firing at. There's something present there. And, and yeah, it would be really cool if that was to happen in the modern day, but supposedly a chunk got blown off one of those things, you know, some of the shells that were being fired killed people. Um, so yeah, like what what happened? That that's one for me that just doesn't get enough attention. Dan, can you hear that knocking in the background? I can't. No, it's it's American Andy Dan, and he is here to <laughs> remind listeners of that UFO podcast to vote for that UFO podcast in the British Podcast Awards. Andy is doing this accent just for you, for all you listeners who like to hear him talk like this, and he's trying so hard not to laugh. So if you vote for That UFO Podcast, link in the description in the British Podcast Awards and try and get us back into the top 20, that would be super cool awesome. Thank you, folks. (laughs) Thank you, American Andy. That was much appreciated. He's gone now, Dan. Don't ask him any questions. I like his backwards cap. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, he's gone. (laughs) Uh, YouTube viewers going, what? Um, So yeah, (laughs) thanks, folks. So yeah, if you could vote, the link is in the description. Just search That UFO Podcast. You do have to then click a link that you get in an email. I appreciate if you take 30 seconds to do it. It means a lot. And of course, if you're bored this weekend, Dan has nothing better to do. He likes to make up lots of fake email addresses and vote for (laughs) multiple competitions multiple times. I'm not saying you should do that, but you know, if you've got kids, wives, husbands, friends, family, and people you hate, get them to do it. It'll be a fun bonding activity. Um, But yeah, we'll come back, Dan, in the next couple of days and get part two recorded. Lots to get through. I am going to go take a toilet break and then get recording with uh, Congressman Tim Burchett. Uh, And yeah, it is getting late here, so hopefully I, I can stay awake for it. I'm sure I will. But thank you, Dan, for joining us. <laughs> thank uh, you. And thank you for all the awesome questions to be able to send them in. I look forward to the next part. Yep. Yeah, thanks, folks. And I uh, hope they all made sense because I didn't reword a single thing. Um, and we will speak very, very soon. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
tic tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Folk. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little rat. Imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like you awake, I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. And I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red. I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And I think I should because it doesn't really scare me. If you really want to know who I think they'd be, then I guess you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, Jake?